Sometimes life feels out of our control. We get stuck in trauma, old patterns, and change feels out of reach. Sometimes it feels like fate. We want to help you break out of old, unhelpful patterns and become healthier. We're fate resilience, taking control of the outcome. With licensed therapists, Jennifer Oxford, Taylor Madsen, Haley Mayer. So today we're going to talk about injury and the effects that injuries can have in the short term and long term of um, trauma and both for the individual and for their system. I think that's the right word, family system, work system, but, but just how it affects the larger scale of life. What do we mean when we say injury? Good question. Uh, I think, again, there's no way to cover the various injuries that can happen, but injuries, again, without going too like broad, I would say physical injuries, but emotional injuries can happen. Um, social injuries. I could, I could go deep into the, like we could go really broad with this or really narrow, but I think what we really want to focus on is if something has impacted your normal functioning. I think also something that would require some sort of treatment, right? You can say like, that's definitely something that would be counting towards as an injury. Um, Right. So there's the, I stubbed my toe and for like a couple minutes, maybe even I'm, I'm in pain, but I'm going to recover fully and it's not going to affect my life. And I don't need to go see a doctor. There's, that's not the kind of injury we're talking about, but the kind of injury where it's like, gosh, something is wrong. And I probably need to see somebody, even if I'm unwilling to see somebody, I just want to acknowledge that even if you haven't seen a professional, that doesn't mean you're not injured, but if you should be seeing somebody and it's starting to affect the way you function in your daily life, that that's starting to affect that in of uh, itself too, like you bring up a really good point there. If it's like, if you should be seeing someone and you're not, that is also creating a trauma scenario, right? Like there are people who are like, it's only affecting me, but really it's affecting the whole like family community, whatever it is that this person's a part of. So I think let's just also be aware, like just putting a little asterisk there. We're not just saying that injury trauma is created just because that person is seeing someone or um seeing you know getting help sometimes that trauma is created because the person should be getting help and they're not so let's just be aware with that too and i think too what we see is is that people need to understand that when you have an injury and your life is not set up to absorb the stresses of that injury you know, for example, your life might be set up to absorb the stresses of your need for sleep. You have a bed, you can, you have a bedtime, those kinds of things. So that we, that will be okay. Like if needing sleep is okay, but if suddenly, you know, I, you need to not work or I can't walk or I can't use my arm or, um, I emotionally am not responsive in the same way, all of those things create impact in the activities of daily living um and so we're going to see that your system is going to be stressed but you don't necessarily immediately have the bandwidth to adjust to the stress and sometimes that's a long-term 
injury and sometimes it's a short-term injury and I won't qualify what's long or short-term, but I think all injuries feel longer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think a big part of the trauma from injury is a loss of independence on some level. Right. And depending on the extensive injury, asking for help and being reliant on other people can exacerbate earlier traumas, those feelings of, you know, if I have an anxious attachment and suddenly I'm more reliant on other people, or I feel like, oh, I'm not showing up in a way that's going to get me the love and affection and attention I need, this becomes multi-dimensional. It's not just a physical injury. It's causing a lot of strain and stress in in the emotions. I don't think we've talked about what multidimensional means. But it's didn't emotions, but there's multiple I ones. thought Doctor Strange covered that in the Marvel movies. I love that movie. So that was a really sarcastic answer. <laughs> I think. Well, I mean, let's just go with that. Um, we've talked about the dimensions. So we're talking about multi-dimensions and I think one of the things with it is that um, we've talked about mind, body, spirit, you know, those kinds of dimensions. We've talked about mind, body, spirit, and those kinds of connections and different dimensions. And I think with what Taylor's referring to, if I'm correct, he's referring to the fact that it, it correlates with more than just one of those dimensions you know we want to say injury is just physical but really it correlates with also the emotional um, position of the person the spiritual person you know the the you know physical sexual all these different things like there's there's a lot of things that it correlates with it's not just they are physically injured am i right with that taylor yeah absolutely it just in, impacts more than one area of life mm -hmm. And I'm actually going to add to those dimensions. So um, one of the things that you do if you assess for need is you look at the dimensions, things that, you know, are normally aren't, aren't always an issue. But if you assess for how are people doing in their activities of daily living, we look at their work or education, their finances, their ability to have transportation, their ability to get their medical needs met, their ability to have the social supports they need. Um, those are some of the areas. And so when you have a physical injury, you're bringing in a lot of times more than just the, the physical, emotional, um, mental, you're bringing in their system and how their system is working in their life. And again, because it's usually an abrupt change, an injury is usually very abrupt, then we have to assess, okay, what are the needs? you know, transportation needs, sometimes people need to be looked after more often. So even this idea of can somebody sit with this person? Can somebody make sure that they get their medications on time? Uh, can somebody make sure that we've communicated with work and how much time is work going to allow off versus how much time do we need can be an issue that comes up. Um, they, if they are not able to function in some of those areas, we suddenly have somebody who might have a vibrant social life who's starting to get isolated. Um, if there's any kind of legal issues, maybe the injury was caused by an accident or an attack. Um, there's 
they're suddenly they're dealing with a system that maybe they're not used to dealing with. And so when we start to look at these bigger things and see the impact and in maybe income and budget, that stress suddenly with somebody who has less bandwidth to manage it becomes much bigger very quickly. Mm-hmm. I think you're mentioning just that idea too of like, how does, um, what does it look like for someone to return to a normal pattern of life that they've had before, right? And what they consider like normal. Um, you're looking and assessing like, what are those different factors that would help someone return to that, you know, expected type of life consistency. And so, and if we are finding that, you know, there are a lot of factors that are in play that are not allowing that person to, you know, return to that, then that's where we're talking about that injury, especially needing to be assessed even more and, you know, looked at and, I think that you're looking at it and saying like all factors, we can't just be like, well, they can walk, but we're looking at it and saying, well, now in school though, they're having all these difficulties and we need to make accommodations, but it's like, well, they can walk now though. So they're fine. Right. And it's saying, well, yes, they can, but it takes longer. It requires a different situation. Right. And so I think with what you're stating there, it's about saying like, you know, the, the quality of life needs to return to an equilibrium with that. And if they aren't able to do that easily, then that's stating like that injury trauma is definitely a lot more involved than probably we would like that person to return to. And some injuries will be severe enough that going back to our old life will be impossible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a lot of grief around that. I was going to say, yeah, the grief process definitely pops up when it comes to injury a lot, because even if it's like the fact that they can return to their quote, normal life, there's also that whole process of them getting better. They've, they've sometimes lost time when they feel like they shouldn't, you know, there's, there's all these things like grief and injury are very well connected. Um, in a lot of different ways. Uh, as is fear, we all worked in a place where we were injured uh, and we all were tiptoeing for a good while after that. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's sometimes injuries can displace workers. Sometimes it can displace um, things. Some injuries can be seen and known and some injuries are invisible injuries. That's the other thing I know Um Sometimes, you know, it's really easy if you have crutches to be like, oh, that this person needs more accommodation and more help. And we as a society can say, I can see the injury. So it's so I can see the injury so I can respond to it. But sometimes there's injuries people can't see and therefore they're not very responsive. And sometimes they're even more critical because suddenly this person in the system is functioning at lower capacity. And we might even see that there is a lack of understanding and awareness. And so it really comes down to you know assessing for injury and how do we need to address it comes down to tell me all the ways that the stress is increasing because of this event Mm -hmm. not just oh you broke something or you know you there was a car crash it becomes much larger when we look at those aspects and because of that you do get a lot of under underreported symptoms it's hard to then get compassion and knowing from from society and people who haven't experienced a similar injury so they may not consciously go into oh um this is what this means 
Mm-hmm. And I know recently, um, having gone through that experience of having an injury in our family, I would was surprised but very interested to see that people who had similar injuries reached out and they gave me some advice and they were able to talk me through some of the things that that might be helpful to addressing this injury and so we do have sometimes subsystems that do come in and help with injuries but i think it's really important to understand that a lot of people focus on the moment of injury and not the the healing process of the injury Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes we have compassion fatigue and empathy fatigue, like our empathy and compassion runs out or it runs low with the people that we're taking care of. And uh, we start to snap. Uh, we start to not want to do things for them. The person being taken care of that's recovering feels like a burden. And there's a lot of shame around that. That's the emotional part of the trauma with the injury. Mm-hmm. And again, if they are, if there's a need for medication and or they've lost consciousness or something like that, you've lost the emotional connection. So then the caretaker's bandwidth suddenly is lower too, because they're not necessarily seen as somebody who has experienced the injury, but they are experiencing an impact in their system. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think I like the idea too, of what you guys have stated of just, we're trying to help the system regulate. And again, we're not trying to avoid the emotions or the feelings or the scenario. We're trying to help it work through that, which is like with any stressor or anxiety that we've already mentioned on the podcast, we're never trying to just avoid it. We're not trying to just get past it and not have to think about it. We're trying to find a balanced, regulated way to work through those situations. And I think one of the things too to recognize is sometimes we only focus on the adults where we also can see that if there are children involved and their parents are are addressing larger amounts of stress that can then show up in the children right so right Mm -hmm. when we need the system to work at its very best suddenly we have a reduction in the ability to perform in everyone and we have less ability to respond to stress and more stress and that often creates kind of this impact and so we we see again that the injury is there's absolutely a focus identified injured person but the injury can be a much bigger broader experience as we respond it we need Mm -hmm. to look at that there's this belief this conventional wisdom that children are more resilient than adults and the opposite is true Children are much less resilient emotionally than adults because their brain is still developing. And while it's still developing, it's much more vulnerable to changes into trauma than adult brains are. And especially when they're attachment figures that they are learning to co-regulate with, right? We talked a little bit about co-regulation in earlier episodes, but the job of parents is to teach children to co-regulate and to show them how to match emotion and manage it. So if we suddenly have children who are reliant on the adults and the adults are dysregulated, you're going to see that the children become more dysregulated. Mm -hmm. I think we saw a lot of that uh, around the pandemic is, is that the, the same. Yeah. Yeah. Early in the pandemic when the adults hadn't, figured out how are we going to do school? How are we going to do work? How are we going to, you know, the systems hadn't adjusted to this huge experience. Well, then the kids 
are not going to be able to adjust until we kind of guide them. And that's part of our job as the adults and in that part of the system is to provide that. Well, suddenly, if you have the main caretaker or even the main breadwinner or even just anyone that they are emotionally attached to, they can if they can give them less hugs, that's going to affect the kids. If they can't walk upstairs and do bedtime, these are going to affect the kids. So understanding the impact is really what I want to encourage today mm-hmm. and having a lot of compassion and support for those things. And, and then giving a lot of compassion, support, and patience to the process and understanding the system may not perform at the level it did. Dishes may not get be done as quickly. People may need more sleep. People may need more support. There may need to be some accommodations made as the system adjusts and as healing occurs because different levels of healing can happen. So maybe somebody was in a very obvious injury and there was a cast Um, And then the cast comes off and it's not like, oh, everything's fine. There's still a level of healing that's going on emotionally and mentally and physically in that middle portion. And then maybe eventually we're at, they might get to 100% recovery. They may not. And what do those adjustments look like? Yeah. Along with healing, uh, Bruce Perry is an expert in in trauma and physical injury. He said that uh, believing that you cannot recover unless you remember the precise details of a past trauma can also become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Because of how memory works, such rumination can lead you to recall old, ambiguous memories in a new light, one that over time becomes darker and darker until it eventually becomes a trauma that never actually occurred. So in doing trauma work, there are trauma therapies that you don't actually even need to talk about it. Uh, you don't need to go back over it. Um, you don't need to talk about it with a therapist. And so you can heal without having to dig back through the past. And that's a lot of people. I hear a lot of criticism about doing trauma work is they're like, how much work is that really going to help? Because what it's doing is that it is, you know, um, creating more trauma. It's creating a bigger issue because you're reviewing the thing. And I think an important thing with it is just recognizing that there there are detailed trauma models that the more that they look into it, there are certain trauma models like I'm going to get therapeutic here. Oh, no. trauma, I know trauma-focused CBT, right? That is often you are listing the trauma and reviewing it and looking at it in great detail, doing what you need to. So if you're like there, play by play. Yes, often like writing down like almost like a play by play scene script of what happened during the trauma. So essentially that you can work through it, address what happened. There you go. Then you have different trauma models that are like EMDR and ART, where ART, not like art therapy with a brush, but accelerated resolution therapy, where those trauma models are based off of, hey, you don't need to tell me about the scene. You're going to think through whatever you want to. You can think through just the emotions you're going through. You can think through the scene yourself. Whatever your brain's telling you you need to work through, you're going to go through that, right? But we're not going to push you to have to go through and play this, the play-by-play with it. And the great thing about that is that it's very much into with your body. So there's so many trauma models. You don't have to say to do trauma work. I just don't know. I don't know if I want to go into that. There's a lot of ways you don't have to. And so I think just being aware that there are a lot of different ways. If a therapist is saying you have to go through it, I. That might be how they're trained and that's the model they prefer. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, so just be aware that there's a lot of different things you can look at though. I even like in some of the newer models too, that they use metaphors. So if you mm-hmm. do have an, uh, kind of invisible injury or an invisible experience, like, I don't know how to explain it. I just feel this way. There are specific protocols to deal with that and metaphors that can be relieving and releasing so that you can move on and heal. Because again, some injuries are not, uh, they're not concrete. They're very invisible to both us and to other people. And, but there are ways to work through that. If you say, I don't know what happened, but I know something's going on. Great. Bring us that we, we can help with that. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I think we've talked about the idea of anniversaries of traumas on mm-hmm. the podcast before, but just mentioned them, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, by way of review that when you go through uh, an intense emotional experience of trauma, uh, a capital T trauma, the body will remember the time of year that it happened. And uh, you might get sick, you might start to feel really emotionally down, you might start to feel angry uh, and quite um, explosive. And so it might be a good idea uh, if that's happening, you don't know why, there's no triggers going on in your life, there's nothing really stressful going on. Take a look at the calendar and just see what happens. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier on the same episode that we'd all been injured at a place we've worked at. Same time every year, I get sick uh, coming around on, on the anniversary of that injury and I'll always be like, ah, oh, dang, what's going on? And sure enough, I'm looking at the calendar in mid-January. Additionally, I think it's really important to recognize that as you treat that trauma, you can treat trauma anniversaries and you can reduce the impact of those. So I think it's really important to understand it's not like we're saying that that trauma anniversary forever and ever. Right. But that that if you're saying, I think I've dealt with it, but then every, you know, uh, every early every spring yeah. I'm having this, or, you know what, this is the time of year that so-and-so passed away. We're going to talk a little more about death and grieving next week, but I think it's important to recognize that that trigger is something you can do trauma, a work around, even if you're saying, I don't experience it any other time of year, but this year we can do work around that. Mm-hmm. I mean, now I just get like a cold and before I miss a week of work. Yeah. Right. So After reducing the trauma work to be clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and again, what I've seen too in working with people for a longer term is that maybe that first year they have one experience and then the second, the next year we work on it, they have a new layer that's come up, which is always a good sign with work. It means you are healing and you can do that next level of work and saying, I see it better. But I do see a lot of relief in working with trauma anniversaries with people over time. And I actually do recommend for people who do have a trauma anniversary to just set up a session during that time, just put it on your calendar. If you're like, Oh, I don't know, right now, I'm fine. But I know, like every November, it's hard for me. Great. Call a therapist, get on the schedule, do, you know, a couple sessions and and address it in a healthy way. It's going to help you process that out and build more resilience for the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember, therapists are professionals that help with things. You can use them just like doctors. If there's an issue, you go to them and they help you. I think it's just important to understand that if you if you are having an injury, both for you and your support system, that you get the help that you need. And I think, yeah, I like what you said too about just, you know, planning ahead and recognizing it's okay to state, I know I'm going to have a really hard time during this week. So just plan ahead, allow yourself to be ahead of it and know that you can have all the support you need. None of it is too much. 
Yeah. And if you're doing well, we can also help reinforce the positive growth that you've had. And that's one of the great things is using post-traumatic growth skills to help you move forward and reinforce strength. Which we'll do an episode on that when we're done talking about the traumas we've got ready. Oh, I love post-traumatic growth. No, the traumas we have personally, but like the traumas that (laughs) were... There's a sickly yeah. Victorian child that lays in bed all day eating soup. Yeah. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review. And if you want to find us on social media, we're on Instagram and Facebook at Fate Resilience. We'd love to hear from you.